Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transfer News Central podcast. I'm Johnny Bentley, your host, and once again I'm joined by James and Deck, my two uh, reliable companions, of course. Um, so we're going to be discussing today transfers, news and speculation from all around the globe. We're going to be, fo- in England, we're going to be focused on um, rumours and speculation r- with regards to Manchester United, Man City, Spurs, Liverpool, and as I just alluded to, we'll be discussing the very latest transfer news from all around Europe, including um, a, a transfer, the transfer of Matthias Delict to Juventus. Um, so, without further ado, I think we should go straight into this. You know, I'm sure people want to hear the sounds of your lovely voices as much as they do mine. Um, so, we'll go with we'll we'll have a look at uh, Manchester City actually, um, who were making some uh, noises this week with uh, a, a proposed double swoop for uh, Rodri of Atletico Madrid and João Cancelo of Juventus. I actually wrote an article on this, uh, which you can check on my Twitter if you want to have a little read. But um, I was I, I was just say, basically saying, Deck, how impressed I was with how efficient Man City are as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a club that gets business done early on. I know they haven't quite got the two deals over the line, but if they do get these two deals done, it's, an, it's another example of if uh, uh, two players who are, you know, not overpriced like other, other clubs are going for, modest pricing, both will improve the club quite a lot. And Essentially, I'm I'm just sort of waxing lyrically about uh, how, how the club runs, basically. Yeah, yeah, fully, and I, I fully agree with you. And I, I say it begrudgingly, but like Man, you have to respect Man City, and um, they're they're so they're so well run. Do you know what I mean? I know all that everyone will give them stick for the amount of money that came in about what is it about eight nine years ago now. And um, even though it didn't work immediately, they've definitely put everything in place they got a new stadium they got a new training ground they got a women's team all, all that sort of thing and they, they've just um they've slowly just crept up the ladder um on the on this on this ladder to success i guess and we see it now this summer they know that they won the league last year do you know what i mean that it's the second year in a row they're not still haven't quite got it in Europe but they know pep guardiola knows what he needs to improve so at the moment they're looking at who, who's like Man City have so many big stars, but the one player that always stands out for me is Fernandinho. He does everything. It's the same thing that Michael Carrick used to do at United. They, they're not the stars of the team, but they do what their job is and they do it to the best of their ability. And Fernandinho, you see, he does it for Brazil as well. He just he plays that holding midfielder role better than anyone else. It's similar to what Sergio Biscuits has always done for Spain and Barcelona. He might not, he's not, he's not the Lionel Messi of Barcelona, but without him, they wouldn't have been as successful as they've been. And now they're, we see them turn their attention to Rodri from Atletico Madrid, who is sort of seen as that um, that guy that could succeed um, from um, Sergio Biscuits at Atletico yeah. Madrid. And they've seen that he's got a very, considering in today's market, a release clause of £62.7 million. And that that is very realistic in today's market for that sort of um, level of player. And um, yeah. they, if they get it done, that they know what, they need to improve and they're going to go and get him. Do you know what I mean? So you just have to take your hat off to Man City. Well, that's what I mean. You've just sort of hit the nail on the head with what I was discussing in that they're a really well-oiled machine. Andrew, actually, James, we'll put you in here. I get, I like this because I feel, I feel it's clever in a number of reasons. And the one thing I, what the, but the big thing I like about it the most is, um, so for, as, as uh, Deck alluded to there, Fernandinho is still very much, I think, despite a few injuries towards the end of last season, a very top-level defensive midfield despite his age of, you know, it, despite the fact he's 34. But um, do you think that bringing Rodri in now with 
mm. gives him the opportunity to sort of be the shadow to Fernandinho over the next sort of 12 months in, in, in essence share the minutes with the Brazilian but slowly adapt and grow into the league so that next season where Fernandinho might not be around at Man City it gives Rodri the chance to then use the experience he's picked up this year to then go on and, and hit the ground running next season I absolutely agree with that. I think, you know, I mean, we were talking, uh, Det was just talking about Manchester City and long-term planning. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with him. It, you've got to just admire how they plan, how they get business done, um, their long-term approach. Um, I remember watching that documentary about Manchester City last year and they talked about how they plan transfer strategy. You, you actually sort of a fly on the wall in one of their board meetings and they we're talking about how they plan like two, three years ahead in terms of players. And you know, they have like three or four players in order for every position. So they, they, they really plan ahead in terms of transfers. They, they pay what they need to pay. They get deals done. If they don't pay. They've never paid a club like a, a British record fee or a, um, or a world record fee. They generally pay about 60 or 70 million for, for players. And, I think they've been trying to replace Fernandinho for a couple of years. They tried. I think they wanted Jorginho last time to try and get him. The deal was almost done, and then other things happened, which meant that he went to Chelsea. Chelsea stepped in. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was part of the deal for Sarri. I think that was part of how it was structured. Mm. But mm. so they've been looking for somebody to, to take up that mantle for a couple of years, and um, and I think you're right. He'll Rodri will come in. He's like I think he's 22, so he'll play. He'll play a fair number of games, but. He won't be like a first team regular to start with, but he'll slowly be integrated into yeah. the team. And then by next year, he yeah. probably will be the first team regular, you know, and that's that's really a sign of how they do business and how they plan ahead. No, I, 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 I'm sorry, sorry, Johnny. I think that makes sense um, with with uh, Man City and what they what they've been able to do, James. But like, um, uh, they, did we see? I, I don't, I don't think it was a world record transfer for um, Cole Walker when he came in. But that fifty million seemed like quite a lot at the time for a right back. Um, but obviously that was only a couple of years ago. But I think what you've seen with Man City is even when they have gone out of their way to spend a lot of money. Um, they're doing it so smartly and that you see now that they spent that money on Carl Walker. He's been a, a good servant. He was a good servant for England at the World Cup. And he, even though he has come under a lot of stick from Pep Guardiola at times, he's always bounced back. And now we've seen him sign a new contract this past week. Um, like where they've spent that money, they've, they've done it so smartly. Yes, I think that's true. And I, I mean, other clubs have spent a lot of money. I think, I, I mean, like Manchester United, Chelsea have both spent lots of money in recent years, but it's how they've spent it. Manchester City have spent, I don't think they've made a bad signing. Ooh, ooh. But I don't remember the last bad signing they've made. Oh, Claudio Bravo, Nolito. Uh... Yeah, but I mean, I mean, like, it's, a, it's not, it's quite a good ratio, isn't it? Uh, I mean, like, they've got, like, that's it. I mean, they don't spend 40 million on a player yeah. and then him be a fop, generally. You know, I, it's, it's yeah, the goalkeeper position was a bit of a difficult situation for them in Pep Guardiola's first year, I think. But, but generally, they're very, very good. They they target the right kind of players. They, they get deals done. And they're quite an attractive club because of the way they play football, because of Pep Guardiola. You know, I mean, you know, he's you can't blame somebody for wanting to play for Manchester City. It's not just about money. I mean, they pay a lot of money, but they don't... Mm. I mean, they pulled out of the Sanchez deal mm. because of, because they wouldn't pay what he wanted. Um, and Manchester, Manchester United did. And now they're 
kind of reaping the whirlwind of that because players are asking for stupid money. So they're, they're, they're not just going to go and spend money willy-nilly. They're going to be very strategic about it. Yeah, I I mean, we talked quite a bit about Rodri there, actually, and uh, and so forth, and we, uh, the, the need for maybe an, an adaptive season uh, for the following next season. I think one thing is we've got to bear in mind, actually, Deck, is that, you know, Atletico, Atletico Madrid, they are a team that is quite different to how you know, Manchester City operate in that they're a bit more more pragmatic. It's a four four two usually, so you've got two number sixes as opposed to one number six. So, you know, judging by what you've seen of Rodri, what you've heard of Rodri, do you think do you think that might be a problem, or do you think it's just do you think it's just part of an adaptation process? Yeah. No, I, I, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't foresee it as a as a problem. You have to remember he, he's he's still only twenty three. I think come in to Man City will be in a perfect position because you're learning from Pep Guardiola. He's not. I I don't love Pep Guardiola, I, but you you have to respect Pep Guardiola because he has he seems to put in so much effort in building certain players up especially with ones that you might not consider to be at that top level. There's so many examples where he's built mm. them and become part of that starting eleven to become that like sort of top player. So you, you, you have to respect him from that. And I don't, we've already seen how good Rodri's been um, for the Spain under 21s and now for the Spain national team, as well as Atletico Madrid working with um, a, a great manager like Diego Simeone. So I, I feel like it'll only benefit him. I don't, I don't think the the formation that Atletico Madrid would, would hurt him um, at all. I, I think maybe it could um, cause him to take a bit longer to get used to the way Man City play, but but I think that would only be natural. And I think the, the sooner they could get the deal wrapped up, up, the the better it is because then you have a full preseason instead of half a preseason, and we've seen with clubs all over the world how much of a difference that can actually make. Um, but talking about um, uh, uh, James was saying about uh, goalkeepers, and we were taking a bit of the Mickey with uh, Claudia Bravo, but um, obviously one of the other. Um, players have been linked with this um, summer, which is a bit of an unusual one, is um, Asia Riziogo from um, uh, Ibar. He's a 35-year-old keeper, but mm. um, it's, it, it's that sort of Guardiola sort of sign, I guess, because it, they, you know you've got your number one in Edison mm. and you've got a very good young keeper in Murich who they're looking to send out on loan. Um, and then um, you've, you can bring in this older goalkeeper. It's a bit similar to what Manchester United did last season, bringing in Lee Grant. Most people thought that was quite a stupid transfer, mm, but no. it, it just adds a bit of security to your goalkeeping position because you never know if Edison, first game of the season, tears his ACL. Do you know what I mean? You, you cannot plan for that sort of thing. So as as much as silly as it can be, signing a 35-year-old like that, yeah. if Riesgo did come for, to Man City and Edison Edison did go down, you know you've got that yeah. security there and that, that that's just smart planning like, like we've alluded to with Man City already. Um, but yeah, talking about both of them, that they look like they could be really two Spanish signings, um, like Guardiola himself, but they could be two great signings for Man City. Quite contrasting as well, of course. You know, in, certainly in terms of age. And, and just just to go back onto the point I was making with Rodri, I completely agree with you. I think he will. It won't be such a problem that the formation is sort of playing devil's advocate a little bit there. I think in what in one scenario you could look at it actually. It reminds me a bit of Endombele who's in a four two three one, and I I think actually think if Endombele would fit that role as a as a lone six, I feel like sometimes that, that these these ro- yeah. these lone yeah. sixes they just demand a bit more responsibility and authority. They're good on the ball. They can they can make exceptions. They'll they'll thrive with that extra sort of responsibility. And I think we'll see something similar with Rodri when he, if 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 he goes to Man City, of course, Bayern Munich also linked now James. Uh, they're also linked with uh, Jao. Cancelo of uh, Juventus, yeah. heavily linked actually. Um, 
And what what do you see? I I look at that Definitely. and I think a lot of people are thinking, oh, Walker's position's under threat. I think I, I personally see it as competition. Uh, and also, you, you can see that you can see the idea, can't you, of maybe yes, no. it, it giving a bit more uh, flexibility to Pep Guardiola's formation and, and the way he sets up in games with Walker maybe acting as a right centre back yeah. and Jao Cancelo mm. maybe as the right wing back. I don't know what thoughts would be on that. There's a purpose to everything Pep Guardiola does. I mean, he's very, very deliberate um, no. in everything he does. The, the thing with the thing I when I learned when I studied Pep Guardiola's coaching, players don't always have a set position on the pitch. You know, I mean, the fullbacks are very, very important in his in the way he plays. Um, having good fullbacks is important. So, and for for a team like City, who are competing on four fronts and want to win everything, you know, you need healthy competition. I think. The other guy they had at right back, his name completely... Danilo. Danilo, yeah. I think he's leaving. I think he's going to Inter, possibly. So they need to replace him. But, I mean, it's a huge upgrade, I think. I mean, I mean, you think Kyle Walker and, and Cancelo could both be starting right backs. They're both good enough to do that. And it, I guess it just means you can rotate. It means you can play Kyle Walker in a different position if you want to. It means that it just gives you a bit more flexibility. Um, I know. Um, it's just a sign of just how strong they are. And they just want... Like he, so one player gets injured, you just bring into bring in another player. You know, like Maria Mares joined last year. He wasn't the first team regular, but when they needed him, he was there. You know, and he had that quality. You know, he helped them get over the line in the title race, and yeah. that's what that's what strong teams do. They just bring in more quality. They don't bring in players who are inferior to what they have. They bring in players who are as good or better. Um, and that's the sign of a top team. That's what makes a top team. Well, yeah, I mean, you you just I just sort of I, I laugh a little bit when you say that Man City bring Riyad Mahrez in. He he's got he's gone from being one of the, well at the time everyone thought he was one of the best wide players in the league, and he's become sort of a squad player, hasn't he? Someone who comes in to fill gaps when needed. Uh, and like you say, that just shows the the absolute strength in depth per position. The, 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 I think, like you say, with, with Guardiola because he competes, he's co- trying to compete on every single front. He needs he'll argue he needs two players who can. Rotate per position who were almost at the same level as each other. I mean, Aguero and Jesus. You've got Sane, Sane on the bench quite often now. I know he might be that might be for different reasons, but it still shows the strength in depth. You've got Bernardo Silva or Mares on that right hand side, Sterling or Sane on the left. Uh, Bernardo Silva or David Silva if Bernardo mm. Silva comes back in that position. And it really, it really is. It's crazy, isn't it? But um, one thing I would bring up though, if they do go ahead with these two transfers, I think they will improve the squad. Do they still need to get a centre back because? Of that loss of Vincent Company. Mm, now, I, exactly. I, just, I, w- I was just going to say, just before, uh, you know, I, I think it's quite easy to say, oh, bring bring a centre back in. You know, Company was aging, but I think it's a lot more than just that, isn't it? You're losing the the leader, the the man who sort of inspired generations of players at Man City. He was there from the beginning. You know, he rose with their success. He was Mister Man City. So much respect. The whole did did every player in the squad have for him, and so much authority did he have? That loss to me. It, it, it's huge, isn't it? It's more than just about what he did on the pitch. Oh, definitely. But like, it, it, I think what what will really depend there, Johnny, is who they replace him with. And obviously, we've seen Harry Maguire uh, rumored as uh, the big one because it's that battle of the Manchester clubs for the signature of of a Maguire from Leicester City. But I, I think he'd be a great replacement. And yeah, they they never seem like they're that weak. That I know we sort of saw John Stones didn't play as much towards the end of last season because he had a much poorer season compared to the season before. 
four when they won the league. But and um, Vincent Company actually came in and stepped up to the plate, and it was quite a nice little send off for him, especially that goal, that absolute mm. wonder, wonder goal that he scored. But <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know if they need a centre back. If I'm honest, it, it feels like those two signings, if they did bring in Rodri and Cancelo, would be enough. Like what I, what we saw with, um, I just wanted to go back to Cancelo because he he has been a a good player for Juventus. I was just wanting to bring up a couple of the maybe the issues that we could see with him is that you have to think he's been so he was at Benfica not only less than four years ago then he moves to Valencia great move for him uh, means more playing time sort of stepping up division then he goes on loan to Inter and comes mm. and has a okay year in Syria and then he's back to Valencia and then immediately he goes to Juventus would you not be worried if he then moves for, after one season with Juventus he moves to Man City again. That's quite a lot of clubs in a short space of time. Would that not? Would that not worry you? From what I gather, it, he's he's very very good going forward. I think, and that's not in doubt. You see, his I've seen uh, moments where he, you know he offers such a threat. He's fast, technically very good, but they do. Th- it's believed that you know his defensive discipline is the area of this game that sort of lets him down a little bit. Uh, but I'm mm. sure that's something Guardiola. I mean, I know Guardiola's not necessarily renowned for improving defenders' defensive capabilities, but I think at Man City when you are on top so much I guess um, I guess those attacking contributions those attacking uh, abilities will only be enhanced in a sense I guess I mean you know there's quite a few people who are quite you know, mm. from Juventus' side who are quite sad to see him go so soon it seems like you know it just seemed like a little bit it did seem like he had quite a good season but you know obviously like you say he's been a bit of a journeyman and maybe maybe teams do would prefer someone who is a little bit more uh, capable defensively but but I don't think that should be too much of a problem in Pep Guardiola's Man City team, especially when they, you know, tried to break down deep blocks and things like that. No, fully. And I only bring it up just because he's 25. That that That's the only concern there. But like, and he, he, I think he played about 34, 35 games last year and, and chipped with nearly 10 assists. So like he, he has obviously got that, that attacking capability, as you say. And I guess it's just if mm. it, that's why it might be quite a good system for him to be there and swapping with Carl Walker, who is more of the defending right back that that you'd say instead of this sort of wing back mold yeah. that we're so used to seeing in modern football. Um, but yeah, I, I I think he could be a great signing. And going back to the centre back thing as well, I, I think recently last week we've seen them linked with Koulibaly a bit more. Um, uh, I don't know how much to read into those those uh, figures because obviously De Laurentiis from Napoli has said that they will not sell. Koulibaly, even if the 140 million euro release clause is triggered, but like it's a lot of money for a 28 year old. So I think the replacement with Vincent Company, he's going to be a big loss either way. And like you said, I don't think it'll be necessary what he does on the pitch, even though he did look great towards the end of last season. It's that whole, that leadership and that that's what they've lost. And I don't think no matter who you buy, you can replace that. I agree. Yeah, that's right. I agree with that. And just, just one more thing, just before I'll let you come in in a second, James. I would say that, um, um, but I, w- I was I was just going to say, you know, I've, I've, I was just going to say, I'm not sure. Go on, James. What were you going to say? What were you going to say? No, I was going to, I just have a chance to comment on the centre, but I was, I was going to say, you, you, um, I think I, I heard, I heard a rumour that Otamendi might be leaving, which is another reason why Man City might be going for a centre back. I guess that would be completely dependent if they had a centre back lined up. I've I, I remembered what I was going to say. I was what I was going to say was um, 
be heavily linked with Maguire, and this is going to bring us on nicely into the into the other side of Manchester in a second. But uh, we heavily linked with Maguire. I don't think yeah, City definitely. are a club that will be held to ransom in any sense. So if Leicester want eighty million or around that fee, which is ridiculous, by the way, if they want anything around that around that area, I think Man City okay. are just going to say, no, you know what, we're happy with what we've got. We can work something else out because they're not going to be mugged off like other clubs will be. I think. No, they won't. But they do. I think they do want to buy a centre back. Really? I don't think they will not buy a centre back. I just think. Yeah, yeah. They will just find another one to go. You see, if it, I mean, like I, the idea. I mean, you'd think on paper the ideal centre back for Manchester City would be would be Delict because he fits the style of play. He's no. a leader. Yep. You know, he's very much a leader in like that yep. that kind of company mould and um, yep. good on the ball. Yep. You know, but obviously he's not. I think I think they don't want to work with Rayola. I think that's one of the reasons. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's the biggest reason, in fact, that they haven't gone for him. I think if he had any other agent, I think he'd be a City player now, actually, to be honest. Um, but um, Harry Maguire is, is, has leadership skills. He's uh, he's a leader on the pitch. Um, he's good on the ball. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, but you're right. They won't be held to ransom, but they also, I think, need to recognise that price of the centre-backs are going up. I mean, the... Van Dyke was seventy-five million, mm-hmm. um, and that was eighteen months ago. So prices have gone probably gone up. They're going to have to pay seventy, eighty million if they want to buy a centre back of the required quality, um, at least. So um, yeah, but I mean, they've got the money to do it. Although Emerick Laporte was sixty million, and you'd argue, I'd argue, he's the second best in the division behind Van Dyke. Um, I mean, that was that was a brilliant piece of business. We're in danger of going crazy on City at the moment, but you know, as I so I'll, I'll sort of say, I'll sort of say that is a good example the Laporte deal of, of, of again Man City being being very very clever in the transfer market. The team that maybe isn't as clever in the transfer market just across uh, across the town actually. Uh, so Man United are in a bit of a different situation to their uh, I was going to say noisy neighbours but it's quite the opposite now isn't it I think Man United are more than noisy neighbours as it stands um, so there's been a bit of speculation with regards to players coming in I think there's been more speculation with regards to potential departures um, so we'll go for, we'll go for the departures first then because there's been a few stories this week linking Paul Pogba with a move away from Old Trafford but not just Pogba Lukaku as well you know he's very heavily linked with Inter Milan so you you can't forget that um Palmeiras from Brazil actually uh, put in a loan offer for Alexis Sanchez as well. That was probably my favorite um departure story. Oh, well, I didn't hear that. <laughs> I actually didn't hear that either, but I mean he's one of the people who United I suppose would love to have on the, you know, get off the chopping block and and, and move moved on elsewhere just to take that ridiculous uh, wage off their hands a little bit. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Johnny. He scored, he's played two games at the Copa America in the last week and he scored two goals. So I feel like maybe this could be this. I think he will be given a chance at United this season. Again, this will be his, his make or break now. Like that'll be two years and a half. He'll get there. He'll, he'll definitely get until January, which it's already been ridiculous. And it's what they pay him is ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, it, we'll we'll have to see how he gets on, but but going on to to Pogba and Lukaku, it's a real shame because I thought I thought Pogba would be this good staple of United in this rebuild phase. He would be that that leader in that role now. Like I think United have had a bit of a farce over the last couple of seasons with who they pick as their manager, uh, who they pick as their captain, etc. Whether it's um, yeah yeah yeah. Um, um, well, we saw that it was uh, it's been Valencia and he 
completely obviously there must have been issues inside the club where he'd become an outcast and he wasn't playing so then we saw the deputy captain Ashley Young being the captain every week and he had a very he, I know he gets picked on a lot and he he's done a lot he's a converted winger but that is not who you want leading Manchester United out in front of 75,000 people at Old Trafford do you know what I mean so I feel like Pogba I know even though the captaincy got stripped of him last season by Mourinho I feel like he still can do it we've seen him be that leader for France leading them to a World Cup and I just sort of had in my head that he would be the face of this this rebuild still and he'd, and he'd stick with United but if I was so convinced I convinced myself of that but this interview that he did in in China I think it was for, on his Adidas a sponsorship tour it, it just it sort of made me feel, he sort of threw himself under the bus it, it didn't help him at all it I feel like you could come out and and put a transfer request and that would have done more. But I don't know if that was his agent, Areola, telling him to do that. But I, I got no idea. But I didn't think that helped him. But if he does go, United haven't replaced Cristiano Ronaldo, who left over 10 years ago. So I've got no confidence that Manchester United will be able to replace Paul Pogba in this window and probably not the next two or three windows. So I don't think they'll let him go. The, unless someone stumps in this this fee of 140, 150 million that's being discussed, I don't think he goes. Lukaku, on the other hand, I think he he's not been smarter in how he wants to leave United, but it's clear the clearly this love obsession that Conte's got with him of Conte now taking over at Inter. He's got a good opportunity there. He's discussed that he wanted to always play in Serie A. Inter Milan will probably play a little bit better to his play style because that's something that United have struggled to do the last two years. Um, and again, it's one of those things, I, there's no pressure for United to sell Lukaku. I think if Inter pay the money, he's gone. But that's a very big if. Yeah, I, I, when I, Manchester United, I, 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 I think I realised this week just mm. how much trouble they're in. You know, I mean, they've got a squad full of players, some of whom are only there for the money. Mm. Some of them are superstars who are not performing and don't care. Um, and people with bad attitudes and run by people who are just out to make money and, and taking actually taking money out of the club. Um, it's just an absolute nightmare. And how how could Pogba stay, James? Sorry, I know. Uh, yeah. I see. If I was a Manchester United fan, I would want him to go because I agree. Yeah. He's got an awful attitude. He he shows up when he feels like it. He whines and moans all the time. He... You could argue that's a lot of the players have that attitude as well. I know we we all like to attack Pogba. Yeah, but I mean, he just he because he's a superstar. It gets it gets accentuated. I think you know um, he's a, he must be a nightmare to manage. He must be an absolute nightmare to manage. And you know, although in his defence, though he's not one of these guys who I don't think he, he drinks. I don't think you know he, he's not one of these people who's he's, you know he's, he, I know, but I don't think he's someone who necessarily is a, is the stereotypical troublemaker. Someone who drinks. He doesn't like I say he doesn't drink. He doesn't go out like that. It is you know it is. I think I think the big thing is. Because of how good we know he is, I think that's why he gets the criticism that he does. Because when we've seen, he's quite clearly, isn't he, better than any other Man United outfield player? I think. I think it's so on his day, he's unbelievable. But it's like you say, it's about it's it's always that sort of question of his attitude. And it's like you say, if you're a fan watching on, you just you just you just so frustrated, aren't you? And you just think. 
you know, how much money can we get for him as opposed to, right, we want to keep him, you know, as, for as long as we possibly can. Well, I mean, the good thing is they're at that point where I think he's got two years left on his contract. So they're not, they don't have that pressure of that, that year number where everyone's like, oh, you, you've got to get rid of him. Otherwise he's leaving for a free. But I think you saw the reason I think most United fans and that they'll get they'll get a lot of stick because they'll um they'll either stick by a player or they'll they'll throw a player under the bus immediately. But like the thing with Pogba is he was our best player by a lot in a very bad season. Um, like he there's 16 goals last season in all competitions. On top of that, with 11 assists, there there was no one that even came close to producing that those amount of numbers combined for being involved mm-hmm. in, in in goal score in in goal scoring situations. So like you. you that's what the sort of value that you have to put on Pogba because you take those goals and assists away and the sick finish goes goes much lower. Do you, do you know what I mean? So I think it's something you have to really consider in, in getting rid of him. And yeah. I, I don't know, because I think that Solskjaer had really planned to to have sort of Pogba as this face and, and really could lead the team as because everyone knows he's the best player um, yeah. and, and putting the right, right pieces beside him as well as the right pieces that United already have do you know what I mean they have you've got young talent in Rashford and Martial and it's just we get there's such inconsistencies at Manchester United at the moment you have those great young players and it's just they go five games of being the best players in the world and then five games of everyone they're the worst players do you know what I mean so it's it's a really tricky tricky issue at United but I, I those those departures could be quite key, but I doubt we'll see any departures until United bring in a couple more. I think it's quite similar to what Real Madrid have done in that I think Manchester United will want to replace those players before they get rid of them because how they've shown in, in the last 10 years, like I said, they wish, they struggle to replace players. So I think they'll want to get people in before they, they let them go. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, well, they've been heavily linked with um, Juan Bissaka from... To Palace, I think I personally think that mm. will happen. Um, I think it, lots of rumors saying it's pretty close to happening, and that's a good signing. That's the kind of signing that Man United used to make uh, when Ferguson was manager like, um, young, hungry, talented player, um, English as well. And you know, and appara- apparently, some reports suggest he'd only be on 80,000 a week, which is which is still a, a very uh, quite a sizable wage, but nothing, you know, along the lines of the stupidity that, that that some players are getting there at the club. I mean, we hear I hear reports as well that um, you know Rashford's wanting closer to 300,000 a week. I mean, that's not as good as he is. You know, you don't want players to be sort of there with the lynchers and and, and, and saying, you know, give me give me more money, give me more money, and the club would just go, okay, okay, you can have more money. That's not the right attitude. Is it? it really is, and that's why they need to sort of cut it, cut it up a little bit, and and just start again. And, and like you say, James, I think Wan Bissaka is a good example of someone who could come in, want to play for the club, want to do well for the club, and, and, and you know, wages would be a secondary. I think in that. Yeah, and I mean, like Rashford and his three hundred grand a week. I mean, that makes me laugh. I mean, Eden Hazard is earning four hundred grand a week. Yeah. At, um, yeah. Real Madrid. Yeah. You know, that's a hundred grand more, and he's. Yeah. I'm Rashford is a good player, don't get me wrong, but he's he's nothing anywhere near as good as Eden Hazard, and he he can be earning that's 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 basically the Sanchez effect, yeah. literally. Exactly. That, if they had exactly. not signed Alexis Sanchez, they wouldn't be getting all these stupidly high pay demands from all their players. 
And you can fully understand that. You can fully understand that. When you're playing every every game and you're getting paid less than the guy that's not playing, you can fully see where they're coming. Even though it's still ridiculous money, you can see where they're coming from. But I think the good thing um, with Wan-Bissaka is being paid that sort of money, it does sort of open the door to him staying at United a while and him earning that next contract and wanting to play for the club. And and when he does get up to that next pay grade, it, it looks like he's sort of earned it instead of just coming in and already having it off reputation. But I I think some of it we'll, we'll see with United. I think um, they're also heavily linked with Bruno Fernandes at the moment from Sporting Lisbon. Mm. And um, those do seem like the sort of two transfers that are closest to happening. Um, and I don't know what you can, because obviously they, they need to replace Herrera and Pogba if it goes. Bruno Fernandes would be a, a sort of more of a Pogba replacement, I guess, as more of an attacking midfielder. Um, yeah. And obviously they've needed a right back for quite a while. So they'll be finally be sort of sorting that position out for themselves. Because to be honest, man, I know Valencia's had a couple of good seasons at right back, but have they really replaced any really replaced Gary Neville there? It's going far back as that. Do you, do you know what I mean? That we're really highlighting the issues that, that United have had, but I think what has been ridiculous this transfer window is just the, the, frequent amount of people that have been linked with Manchester United. If you look at just the right back position alone, it's like seven or eight players. It's not just one or two. And I I, I don't know if that is just how, how the media is treating this um, and and how much of a, I guess you could say joke United have become, but would have thought there would be just a bit more consistency here and there um, in it. But those do, those two, Fernandes and Wambasaka, do seem like smart signings for United. I think Fernandes is only 24, isn't he? So they're, they're two positive young signings and they're definitely along the right track as long as they can get them completed. Yeah, I like the Fernandes signing. I actually I think he's a really good player. Confident, very good shot on him, hasn't he, from distance in particular. Really good at that. And that's something United haven't had. That that no, They haven't had a real a long shot taker, you know, someone that can trouble a keeper from distance for a very long time well but also I like I know we've we'll talked quite mm. a lot actually there about the uh, about who's who could come in who, who could yeah. go out uh, what do you make of um, the contract extension of Juan Mata I, I, I see it as a as a positive do you know like he, mm. it, it, there's there's rumors that the United and Solskjaer this supposed system is going to be um, a sort of uh, a four-four-two diamond, and that it would be positive to see United play two players up front again, and that they've been desperate for a sort of number ten role. And as we saw with Matter at Chelsea, he, that is his position. And the, the, the whole so time at United, he has been playing this right wing position, and he's clearly not a winger. And so that has oh. uh, that has allowed him to get so much stick from fans and. Of, uh, um, other fans of um, other clubs, but we, he's always turned up for United when they've needed him. So I don't see any issue with that that contract as long as he knows you're you're in your thirties now. You're a, you can be a leader in this squad and you can be a really important squad player as long as he do, he's not expecting to play thirty eight games in the Premier League season because I don't think even he could do that now. But uh, that, that 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 I see it as a, only a positive. James, could he drop back into the if Pogba departs? Could he drop into Pogba's position and be that creative midfielder? I don't think he could play that deep. I mean, like like um, Dick was saying, I, I mean, he's the one the one of the players that we sold that I really wish we had not sold, and I'm still angry with Mourinho for selling him. Um, and he played in that number ten. When he's played in that number ten role, he is a different class. He is just. And it doesn't matter about age. Don't even think about his age. Yeah, his passing, his vision, his his movement is just top class. He doesn't need pace because he's got so much time 
And if you play him in a diamond at the top of a diamond behind mm. two strikers, mm. he will have a field day. He'll get loads of assists. He'll get loads. You'll get more. Get more goals as well. And even at thirty-two, that is. I mean, I was. Yeah, I just. I. He's one player I wish we'd kept so badly because. But uh, he's a. He's got a great attitude. He's. He's works really hard. He's a leader. Mm. He's the kind of player yeah. that Man United need to keep hold of. Mm. Um, even if he's not playing every week, mm. being around the team, being around the players, especially the young players, he's a great example to young players because he's such a good professional as well. Um, I'm not surprised they 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 got they got that he got that contract because he's the kind of player that they need they need to keep. Yeah, model professional. I mean, I, I think we yeah, that's a nice way to put it. I think and there's not too many, not too many of those necessarily in that Man United dressing room at the moment. Or maybe they are, but we we aren't aware of them. They aren't quite as aware to us. On on the topic of modern uh, model professionals, Neymar and uh, and everyone's uh, everyone's favourite footballer from. Uh, what a segue. What a segue. <laughs> oh, beautiful. See, every, see, Pep Guardiola, he thinks ahead. I'm thinking ahead all the time. I've got the whole thing mapped out. <laughs> um, so he's obviously been the subject of, of interest this week uh, because he wants he wants to go back to Spain. Barca and Real Madrid are linked. PSG <laughs> aren't sure what to do. It's a, it's it's an it's an interesting <laughs> dilemma, isn't it? I mean, when well, this fir- when he first went to uh, PSG a few a few seasons ago, I thought it was a very odd one. But at the same time, I thought this could either go really, really, really well, or you know, or or it could end in tears, really, because Neymar's quite a quite an egotistical player. He's got a, he's got a very big sort of reputation, big ego. He wants to be the best player at the team. He wants to be the best player in the world. You get that sense. But his attitude sometimes, I suppose, comes into comes into question a little bit. Is is this mo- did we is was this moment always going to happen? Was he always going to get fed up? With yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think we we saw in the United um, PSG game that now that he's been recently suspended for the first three games of next season in the Champions League, that I think sums up Neymar's attitude right there. He genuinely thinks. That he is better, like he those those UEFA officials. He thought he was better than them, and whatever he was saying had to be heard. And whatever the decision was, it was ridiculous because what he thought was right. And I think if you actually watch the video of that, you can see it in his face. Do you know what I mean? And I know that's quite a strong opinion for myself, but he's just we he trouble has always followed him. Whether it was his move from Santos to Barcelona or Barcelona to PSG, there's always been some sort of issue. Whether it was his dad involved, whether it was him involved whether it was the money involved it, it trouble just always seems to follow him and i i don't know if that's a choice he's making or or how it's going but it's such a shame because he is an incredible player and everyone knows mm. that he's loved by the nation well, of brazil i know it's not, it hasn't worked out perfectly as we saw at the brazilian world cup etc but he's always been that leader he was made captain very young and it, it, when you you talk about neymar um <laughs> Messi and Suarez like that was so such a good front three it was world class and coming to PSG linking up with Mbappe it that that looks so promising as well but for some reason it's the issue that PSG have had similar to Man City is that they can't seem to progress in the Champions League I know they got very unlucky against United but we United got so much stick for how poor they were this last season but that was probably the the one night that every United fan will remember because it, it was incredible for them and that they were able to beat a, a European giant as we like to call them especially with um I know Neymar wasn't playing but he still had his you still knew he was there do you know what I mean and I, I just think you, that sums up Neymar more than anything he wasn't 
wasn't even part of that that squad that was playing, but he was still there. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, actually, you know, it's it's quite it was quite negative some of that in in, in respect to his move to PSG. He had fifty eight appearances, fifty one goals, and twenty nine assists. So that include that those twenty nine assists include penalties uh, based on the transfer mark statistics uh, board. But that's mm. that, that's quite impressive. He also won League and Player of the Year in his first season at the club. So you know, you, you're looking and you're thinking, you know, yeah, he has done quite well. But mm. I think it, is it is it sort of I'm going to read some other statistics off. Actually, you'll like this one. You'll like some of these. These these aren't necessarily on the field statistics, but this is what his contract uh, sort of entailed, according to certain reports. So apparently, Edison Cavani was offered a million, one million euros to let Neymar take penalties off him. Apparently, Neymar was offered three hundred and seventy-five thousand euros uh, as an ethical bonus clause that involved him going to fans after the matches and applauding them. Teammates of teammates have apparently been asked <laughs> not to tackle him too hard in training. I, I think I read that before. I, I, that's quite believable, I guess. And uh, apparently, apparently, of course, uh, I mean, these are this is all you know, this is all speculation, wow. of course. But some of uh, I, I definitely heard the Cavani one before. I think there's some legitimacy. Probably is legitimacy in many of these claims. And obviously, to just to round all that <laughs> off, apparently his star status has split the dressing room in half. So people will be very happy to have. Neymar on board, but there's a lot of people who maybe don't yeah. like the fact that he's essentially so much more important than everyone else. So that's what it was when he came in anyway. Oh, so, God. James, do things like this... It, I mean, we're talking about United's problems with player power, but this is on a whole new level, isn't it, with Neymar? It's ridiculous. I've, Neymar is probably the biggest disappointment to me in terms of the player who had so much potential. He had so much potential and he's got this world-class ability, but his attitude is so bad. Um, I would not want him anywhere near my football club. I mean, and in terms of going back to Barcelona, there's only one person There's only one person who can decide that, and that's Lionel Messi, because he basically is the power at Barcelona. Let's not be... You know, if he doesn't want him back, if he doesn't want him back, then he won't come back. It's that simple. I feel like Messi deserves almost that power, though, because he simply is unbelievable. Oh, yes, he does. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't... Yeah, I mean, Messi has earned that, like you say, Messi has earned that status at Barcelona because he's the best player in the world, has been consistently. So, and he's come, he came to the academy and he was loyal and he, you know, he's got a good attitude. You know, he's, that's why one of the reasons he's a great player. But Neymar's got the, the ability, but he's got the complete opposite attitude. And I'm not sure Messi would want him back. One word answer from both of you. Will he leave this summer? Uh, no, no, no. That was, that was two. That was, that was two no's, sorry. Three no's. <laughs> yeah. Um... No, definitely not. I, I do want to go. I know you asked for one answer, but I think the the biggest issue you have to look at is what the fee would be, um, because he just his his move from Santos to to Barcelona that was six years ago yeah. was eighty mil, and his promote his move from Paris Saint Germain is his fees leading yes, up to two hundred million. Uh, he's a world-class player but I I think especially a lot of the rumours that have gone around I think people have noted that that fee would just be ridiculous because there's no reason for PSG to want any less than what they've paid Um, I think what what we've seen is a lot of um, player plus cash deals involved and 
but I, I don't know who obviously Dembele's been discussed um, and Umtiti but like I don't know the sort of players that would it would actually ever work out I just can't see it happening I, as much as the player might want to go and as much as Barcelona and Messi may want him and as much as PSG maybe don't want his shenanigans anymore he I just can't see it happening because there's just too too many little things that need to happen um, to go perfectly for it to happen I just can't see that happening this summer what has happened however in another brilliant transition by Johnny. What has happened however is, oh, oh it's not quite happened yet, I'm not sure actually, but it does seem as though that De Ligt will join Juventus it may have been, a bit, is, it, is it official now? I'm not sure, but we believe it will we, we believe it probably will happen we let, that's what we're led to believe anyway, they seem to have made a breakthrough with uh, De Ligt the big, <laughs> upcoming amazingly talented centre-back who seems to be being courted by every single uh, one, or many of the uh, many of the Europe's elite clubs and we were just discussing before we came on, actually, that this move, you know, to Juventus is a good one for him. I, I think we, we mentioned yeah. it a lot last week um, and this whole Delict saga has gone on for long. I know it feels like the transfer window has been open for ages, but it actually hasn't. And um, it's not even the 1st of July yet, which is obviously this magical date where a lot of the contracts will run out and the, the international window will definitely open up a bit more and we'll see a lot more transfer business happen up. But obviously yeah. how the, um, the British transfer window works now especially with the Premier League is that that there'll only be about a week until pre-season actually starts so it, even less than that so there, there's a lot of there'll be a lot of pressure on clubs to get players in immediately then because hopefully a lot of players would have had their holidays etc a lot of players will only just be finishing their international duty but with the lit he, he's he's had his holiday now um so to say and i guess that's why we're starting to see this news ramp up a bit more and with all the clubs he's been linked to it, it does seem like juventus could be a, a really positive move for him just because um yeah he he could it seems like a good place for him to get playing time he'll be playing for a top manager in uh, Maurizio Sarri and he'll also be playing for a, a top club um well you could say that that club is squeaky clean because we know obviously they got relegated for match fixing but it is um it's yeah. a really good opportunity for him um to to be the the leader of that team obviously he's not going to be the leader with Ronaldo there but it definitely gives him the stepping stone to be I think I think it's an excellent excellent move. Of all the clubs he's been linked to, I think either Juventus or PS, uh, sorry Juventus or Barcelona um, were the ones were the were the, were the sensible ones. Um, Juventus are have a very strong squad already. You just go through the names. There's so many. Um, obviously Ronaldo and um, it does help. It does help. They just got uh, Ramsey this summer as well. <laughs> and, that's a big big move that we yeah, did I think, getting, I think they're getting him on a free aren't they and they're very yeah, very they're, good I mean, they're very good in the transfer market in the last few years they've, they've become very good at it and they've done some clever deals I mean yeah okay they're kind of yeah, they're, not all, they're not quite above board but but it's a, and they've got a good relationship with Raiola as well which helps and I think he'll he'll thrive in that team, especially playing under Maurizio Sarri, whose style of football mm. works in Italy and next, is suited next to a lot of the players that they have at Juventus, um, and will suit De Ligt very well. Yeah. Um, and I think he'll thrive there. And he's what eighteen, nineteen. You know, he could stay there for what three, four, five mm. years, and then he's still got the chance to get his the, the move. Which I think the move that he really wants, which I think is Barcelona. I just don't think it was possible this summer for some reason. Uh, they were spending money elsewhere, but 
I think he will eventually go to Barcelona, but um, this is a great move in the meantime because it's a big club that wins things and competes in the Champions League every season. And yeah, you're playing with Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, I mean, I think we, I think we can establish, you know, it does see, if it does go ahead, which we think it will, it does look like a very good move on uh, for him, you know, considering, as we said, maybe PSG wasn't quite the right move for him. But, you know, Juventus certainly does offer him uh, somewhere to really to really kick on in, in his career, even at such an early age. James, you were quite excited by Jao Felix joining Atletico Madrid. Yeah, Jao Felix. He's a player I rate really, really highly as well. And um, I was actually really, want, I, I kind of was excited for him to come to the Premier League. Um, I think, I still think he will come to the Premier League eventually. But it was a surprise when he went to Atletico. Um, I think, well, it's not, it's not official yet, but I think it's going to, it's going to happen. Uh, he's going to go to Atletico for 120 million, I think. Basically going to be a Griezmann replacement. I think they're going to use the Griezmann money to to buy him uh, and he's he's a quality young talent um, and I think he will do very well and I think eventually he will again he will he will leave Atletico for a bigger club I don't know what club that will be I mean everyone seemed to want him this summer Man City wanted him um, Manchester United looked at him I think there were other big clubs that are interested as well I heard Real Madrid made a last ditch bid as well um, but um, he's a he's going to be a, a top player um, he's not got as much hype as other top players that have been linked with the Premier League or whatever but he is he is he is going to be um, a really good player yeah, I think that's a, it's a great, it's a great move for them. You have to remember is between him and Delict, they're very young still. Do you know what I mean? They're they're not even in their twenties, and they're they're already being linked with these these massive deals to the the best clubs in Europe. So it shows how much talent is expected from them and what people have already seen. And Jao Felix going to Atletico, it it could be like you said, like obviously Juventus is a bit of a bigger club than than Atletico. You you would say. Um, oh yeah. But um, it's a great stepping stone like you said where he can move on whether it's going across to the, the other the other famous team in Madrid or stepping up to to a team in the Premier League um but Jao Felix does look like a great player and it, it as you said, it's a good like-for-like replacement for Griezmann and it allows him to still prosper. But something that does scare me is uh, what what his release clause would be at Atletico Madrid if he was to go, if this deal does go through. Because I imagine if his release clause is 120 million euros now, I would imagine Atletico will try and double that mm. um, to put off yeah. people trying to buy him in the meantime. He's the kind of player that will probably end up playing for Barcelona. Mm. Um, or um, a, a club that spends big, basically. I mean, you're going to have to. If he fulfills his potential, he will go for more than 120 million next time. Go for a lot more. But it depends on his contract as well. If he's got a year left on his contract, then it becomes a different story. You know, yeah. But yeah, he's he's just going to he's wherever he goes, he's going to have a great career. Yeah. No, I, I I agree with you. Really, really talented player, and I think maybe Atletico is a nice little stepping stone for him because, as you say, not quite that big elite club like some of the others, but he's still got the time. To to develop and push on at Atletico before making that you know next big move, I guess uh, certainly a, certainly a bigger club and bigger um, with with grander foundations than Benfica. Um, so it'll be a, as I say a nice stepping stone, I think, for him to to push on and kick on with his development. Um, so lots on the European front there, but just to come back to uh, our English teams a little bit and two teams that really want to make, I, I would say, a bit more of an impact on the on the transfer market. Uh, Liverpool, who've been quite quiet in terms of you know who who, who could potentially come in for them and, 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 and so far with Man City making more noise as despite the fact that they were the English champions last year. And then Tottenham, of course, as well, who spent nothing on uh, incoming players last last summer uh, or, and you know, and, and now and now are in, in the centre of uh, uh, a, a little little uh, race with uh, four 
and Dombele and Sessegnon, actually. Uh, and Lacelso, so they've got quite a few names, actually, in that hat. We'll go to Liverpool first, though. How important is it that they uh, use this window to really strengthen the depth of their squad? Because when you look at rivals Man City, as I say, two players per position, Liverpool don't quite have that depth, I don't think, compared to City. Maybe that's why they fell short slightly last season. Yeah, I, I think what we've seen from, I saw an interview with John W. Henry, the American owner of Liverpool, and he was like, they were happy that they, it was actually a really weird interview because they were happy that they got the Champions League, but he's like, it's not good enough that they were st- still beat out for the um, the Premier League. And I still feel like that is, is is something Liverpool as a club, they've never they've never won the Premier yeah, League and it's yeah. something that they're desperate to do. Um, and I feel like, again, they've, they've identified where they would maybe like to reinforce in, um, obviously, the last couple of weeks we've seen them linked with the left back position as a sort of cover for Andrew Robertson who's been one of the the greatest breakout stars of the last two years. I think they only paid, what, nine million to Hull City for Andrew Robertson. So it's an absolute deal. And we could see the season before he played at Hull, he was incredible, but Liverpool were the only team that was smart enough to jump on it. And they've been linked, I saw they were linked to um, the Spanish player uh, Junior Verpo from Real Betis. Um, and he could be a, a really good backup. He's also 22, the same age as Andrew Robertson. And that, that, that I feel like that's the sort of um, the targets they'll go for. They're also, also been linked with Alex McCarthy from South Southampton, I think he's quite desperate for that move to be the the new backup as we see sort of Mignolet is being pushed towards the exit door after being such a valiant servant for Liverpool over the years. Um, I say that not jokingly. I'm being deadly serious. Um, and uh, we also mm. see them linked with Nicolas Pepe as well from yeah. Lille, who's been another one of these young players that's linked with a host of clubs around Europe. Um, those are the sort of moves I think we will see them do. They might, maybe they'll be one of those teams that will sort of leave it down to deadline day because they they know they could, they could play the same 11 they played on the last mm. game of the season last year and probably still get a comfortable three points mm-hmm. while there's not a lot of teams that can do that. So anything that they do bring in, that there, there doesn't seem to be as much of a rush, as, as amazing as it would be to have a pre-season with them um, I do feel like they're not as pressured in that sense and um, I think they mm. they will spend money I think Klopp, Klopp said yesterday they need to spend money if they're going to keep keep pace with, um, yeah, really, with all really the other teams especially when you're looking at teams that have struggled like United and um, uh, etc and they will continue to spend that money so the teams at the top also need to repeat mm. that um, but I think they'll just be a little bit smarter in who they pick out as that again we spoke about how well Man City mm. has run Liverpool have also done the same um, yes uh, Liverpool are a great example of of a well-run club as well I mean they're, they're an example of a well-run club who don't have the resources of Manchester City you know like if any club wants to catch Manchester City and doesn't quite have their finances, Liverpool are the club to, to look at because they they didn't they didn't really spend big mm. until the till last season and until they bought you know obviously mm. they bought Van Dijk but they they sold Coutinho for 150 million I think it was I can't remember the exact amount they used that money to they got they spent half of it on Van Dijk they spent some of it mm. the next summer they've they've been very clever in the transfer market um, they've been very yeah. clever with their finances. They've got more investment into the club as well. Their, rev- their club's revenue has gone up and they've spent it well. They've got a technical director who, again, who works strategically on, on targets with Klopp and they, they're getting their targets. I mean, they, got, they, got, they did really well last summer. You know, getting Alisson in particular, that's really paid off. You know, a couple of others they bought last summer as well. They spent a lot of money last summer. Yeah. 
Yeah, so they're a really well-run club, and I, I, I think world, though, isn't it? I think are strong. They want to win the Premier League. If they want to compete with Manchester City, they're going to have they have to keep buying. It's like Jurgen Klopp said the other day um, that you, if you want to compete, you have to you have to invest. But I think I think it's actually quite funny because he because he said a few years ago that I don't want to have to spend money. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> nevertheless, he's right. You've got to spend them. 100%. 100%. And you, you, you have to look at, they they knew what they needed to replace. You know <laughs> what I mean? They needed a centre-back because they were leaking goals. They needed a new goalkeeper because they didn't have a number one they could trust. And they just needed to shore up the midfield. So they went out, yeah. they bought Alisson, they bought Van Dijk and they bought Fabinho. And they, they've all paid off. I know they, they will, you could maybe give them a bit of stick for the signing of Naby Keita because yeah. he, he never really became, the, I guess, the sort of player he was at Red Bull Leipzig the season before. But, yeah. but he, he, he did yeah. show he did show um, flashes of brilliance, and he he could still do a lot more. Um, and I think he will be. Yeah. You'll probably see the start of next season. Yeah. He'll he'll be an even better player because he's just being given more time to work with Jurgen Klopp. Um, but I do think it's quite a contrast in in uh, you mentioned Tottenham, who who haven't spent any money and now desperately need to. Because even though they they did so well and finished in the Champions League place, got to the Champions League final without spending any money. And if you would have told someone that at the start of um, last season, you they you would have been laughed out. Do you know what I mean? And now that they know that they need to improve their midfield and they're looking at players like Lo Celso and Dombele, I feel like they, they were also discussing with Fernandez, which has also sort of opened the door more for United bad, because they yeah. ended the discussions there quite early. It sort of felt like mm. either one of those two teams would get Fernandez and Lo Celso and now it seems that Tottenham are more focused on where, where do you think they need more? Lo Celso and um, Tangai and Dombele from Leon, who... who uh, if they if they will stump up the money, which I feel like they need to, and there's a lot of pressure on Daniel Levy too, um, that those could be two amazing midfield signings for Tottenham. I think they would be very good signings uh, for Tottenham. They, I think they need more. I think they need more than that, though. I think I just think they need more quality and depth. I, I just if they want to be competitive in the top four consistently and the Champions League consistently, they've just got to buy quality players in their squad I think the biggest surprise is, is they haven't they haven't been linked with more strikers which is what you would expect to sort of replace Fernando Llorente because like you said it, it, they sort of knew they weren't going to renew his contract pretty early on even though he had done a good job for them as a, a 34 year old striker I'm surprised actually James I don't hear your thoughts on this I know that it's not that they had to provide a list of players that were released earlier significantly earlier than when it happened but Fernando Llorente was on there and I actually thought he was he's a very you know he's done quite a good job for Tottenham when he's coming in in, in place of game um, he's just so big and it doesn't it's not not necessarily that he's the silkiest player in the world but he's he's, he's literally head and shoulders above most defenders so he's such a hard person to deal with he, I mean it, everyone says Lucas mm. Moura did you know got Tottenham to the to the Champions League final but I think it was a double oh, act really was. wasn't it because he he was really he didn't really do anything in the first half, but then when Lorente comes on, he provides okay. that threat that sort of the defenders can't handle him really, and that opened up the space for Mora to really to 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 get that remarkable comeback against Ajax. I mean, apparently there is still there is still a possibility that they do renegotiate a contract. I'm with you. It seems like they are they do operate on quite a tight budget anyway because of the new stadium and all the costs that come with repaying that debt. It means they can't necessarily assault the transfer market uh, like other teams. I know they never necessarily did, but it's a bit like Arsenal 
struggle, I guess, with the Emirates in, in that Wenger was very much, Arsene Wenger was very much uh, forced to uh, buy cheaply and target uh, younger players as opposed to really going with financial firepower at, at big names. Um, so, as I say, it does, it does seem surprising that to, to, to get rid of Llorente because that means, as, as you've just said, it means they need to target a striker and it's quite hard to get a striker who's going to be willing to sit on the bench uh, when Harry Kane's playing 90% of the games and be content with that, isn't it? Yeah, well, I do think that's going to hinder them in the end, the fact that they, they can't or they won't mm. spend that really big money that they that you need to spend. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. that's the reality. You need yeah. to spend money uh, to be competitive at the top level. You know, I mean, look at all the, the most successful clubs in Europe. Juventus, yeah. I mean, Manchester City, you know, Liverpool, Juventus, Real Madrid, they're all investing big money because they want to be competitive. And it's going to be much tougher to get to the Champions League final next year, I think, um, than it was this year. When you think Real Madrid are going to, uh, the squad that they're assembling, Barcelona will, will probably have players. Juventus are, are strengthening their squad. You know, it's it's going to be, Manchester City are improving. You know, it's going to be really, really tough. You can never, can never rule out the Parisians either. Oh, no. Yeah, the thing is, everyone rules them out now because, because that, that club is just, the, the mentality of that club is, I mean... They don't have to worry about playing Manchester United this season, so that's a big positive for them. No, that... Or, or Burnley. <laughs> or Burnley. So, so they don't have to worry about that prospect. Now. Let's never forget about Burnley Football Club. No, that's definitely... Exactly, no. Just to go back to Liverpool, though, we mentioned, uh, we'll sort of wrap up after this, I think, we mentioned um, how uh, they've targeted specific players in each window to, to to really improve that 11. At the moment, attacking midfield maybe is one that you could suggest is a, is a position where they could look to strengthen because obviously a lot of their supply comes through the fullbacks, who, Robertson and Alexander-Arnold, who are fantastic uh, going forward and providing creativity. But the midfield still lacks maybe a little bit in terms of someone who's got craft. The fact that Adam Lallana is still being mooted as a potential solution makes me think, you know, you know that, that, that you know that is an area where they could look to try and invest a little bit of money there. I actually thought I thought Julian Brandt actually would be a great signing before he went to, um, before he went to Dortmund um, because he's someone who could have played on mm. either side of the front three or as a number eight. So it's it's quite it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, I think it, it, what what you see there is I think the more shocking thing is that there's not just more rumours than anything because apart from, apart from those early ones, we've the only attacking players they have been linked with is uh, Pepe. Um, I think Madison was linked at one point when the the United rumours were also floating about, and um, also Felipe Anderson from West Ham, and um, they they're all those sort of positive like attacking midfield winger players that maybe they. If they did come to Liverpool, they could play a bit more of a number ten um, and and sort of convert them, and that would really suit Liverpool. But that those are very big ifs with those players because if it doesn't work out, you're you're going to end up spending a lot of money and not solving that issue. But I, I think you definitely identified an issue there. But I think that's why again recently that with talk of Philippe Coutinho being unhappy at Barcelona, there's a lot of talks of a return. Um, and that, that, well, that would solve a lot of issues for, for, for Liverpool because I feel like he could really, really do a good job for them like he did before he, he moved. But I don't know how, how happy and heartwarming that welcome would be from Liverpool fans. Coutinho to Liverpool, I don't think that will happen. <laughs> I think he's too much of a player that you build everything around. Yeah. 
yeah, he's. I don't think. I don't think that would work. Even I am. I, they're more effective now as a team without him. It's funny that they were very good with him there, relying on him as an individual player. Um, but now he's gone over there to actually build a team and a system which works and is very effective. So I don't. I don't think that will happen. What about Ziyech of Ajax? Oh yeah, he's a quality player. Yeah, I really like. And him. he's cheap. That could be positive. I think that could depend on um, how well he plays at the Africa Cup of Nations. I think a lot of clubs will have their eyes on that competition because I think there's a, out of all the teams involved, I think there's only two clubs that have got no sort of Premier League affiliation there or like a former affiliation. So there's a. There, I think there'll be a lot of eyes on that tournament. And that start started last night. So Ajax has a twenty. 20- Five million release clause as well. Wow, he's very cheap. Literally, any club just pays that, they get him. You know, it's and he's worth way more than that. Well, if he wants to go, obviously. Well, yeah, obviously he wants to go, but yes, yeah, he's a he's a so he's a, he's way worth way more than that. And yeah, it's going to be whoever gets him is going to get a bargain this summer, absolutely. Um, and I hope you know, I personally hope he's not Liverpool, obviously. But um, you like to think he gets an opinion. <laughs> Because I'm not a Liverpool fan, but, it's, but whoever gets him is going to get a quality player for very little money. I actually thought it makes sense for Tottenham to go for him, actually, as well, seeing as he actually was, stood out so much against them in both legs uh, in that Champions League, uh, sem- in those Champions League semi-finals. But obviously, you know, common sense and football transfers never really do happen, do they usually? So uh, I think uh, I think that's probably not likely to happen. But anyway, that's uh, fan- that's probably brought us to the end of that discussion. Uh, well, the whole discussion, really. Um, I've been Johnny, as ever. Cool, suave and entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so and you and you guys have been great you guys have been great. yeah thanks for having us on really great yeah fa- fa- thanks for thanks for having us on transfer new central podcast again it's been yeah absolutely and uh yeah so uh if you're listening on if you're listening on the pod i usually do a line actually on the radio so i'm going to do it now when, I, when i've been on the radio it's usually if you listen to this live you'll be you'll be greeted with this next song which comes up on the on the on the track or if you're listening to this on the podcast you'll be greeted with silence Nice, nice. There's 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 some um there's some poetic in there somewhere. (laughs) Somewhere we just haven't found it yet. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. Thanks, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, see you uh, see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.